Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. It is Father's Day, and uh, there are a lot of scriptures on fatherhood and uh, what it means to be a father. And of course, you know, we're here to celebrate Father, our, our Heavenly Father as well. Proverbs 23, 24 says this, The father of a righteous child, that means a child that ends up after being fathered, is upright, uh, has great joy. And I could say a big amen to that. If, you, if your kids aren't following God, then it's, it's really, it's pretty hard. And if your kids are following God, man, what a bonus. That is just like so amazing. And you can sleep good at night. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. I've got a wise son. He's in New York right now, and he's serving God there. And I'm so blessed because of that. Miss him dearly, and uh, but you know when he came into our world, I became a dad. I'll never forget that day uh, in the hospital. They said, "Do you want to be in there at the birth of your child?" And I was like, initially, I'm thinking, "Why would you do that?" And uh, some of you guys, maybe you thought the same. But but if you've watched the, uh, your child uh, come out, you know the mom give birth. It's just amazing. It's like no other feeling you could ever imagine. And uh, so today we're celebrating. Father's Day, and I want to invite to, uh, to join me this morning. We're going to have a, a panel, some Q&A, and some discussion. So I'd like for the guys uh, to come up here right now. Okay, come on up, guys, wherever you're at. Fantastic. This is Ian Brown, okay, and uh, Brian Clothier and Shane. Keith, there you are. There you are, Brian. Come on, guys. Give me a hand clap. These guys are all legends. And uh, have a seat, guys. Fantastic. So it is Father's Day, and we uh, at City Church, we really do enjoy the seasons and enjoy the days. I'm so glad that somebody, I don't know who it was, you can Google it, but not right now, uh, who it was that, you know, made the 6th of September Father's Day here in Australia. It's different in the States and perhaps where you're at in other parts of the world. But I'm so thankful that they took time out to make our calendar be punctuated with days to say thanks and to encourage somebody. I mean, that's what it's really about. It's not a day of mourning and woe is me and I made mistakes and look, we all do, but this is not that day. This is a day to celebrate and to encourage and to applaud those that are in the race, in the game, raising kids that are dads out there. And uh, so I'm very excited that we get this day to do that. Look, if you're, if you're able to, take your dad out to lunch, coffee, whatever you can. Make sure you write some things in a nice card, send it to them or hand it to them in person. Uh, just to encourage, that's the biggest thing. Everybody needs encouragement in what they do in life. It, it really makes life really hard, isn't it, when all people do is point out your faults and how you didn't measure up. Uh, but isn't it wonderful when somebody says, hey, you did a great job. And I think that is just like one of the biggest blessings. Uh, I'll never forget, because Brownie over here on the end, he served as a police officer uh, for 40 years, I think it was, wasn't it? <laughs> That's a long time, four decades of doing that. But one of the stories that you told, uh, you told me once is a funeral that you went to, uh, somebody on the coast, I don't know who it was, and, and, and no, nobody else showed up, I don't believe. And, uh, <laughs> and so they said, would somebody like to come up and say something about the deceased? And... Uh, there was one person that got up. I don't know who it was. And what did they say? Tell us the story just briefly. Can't wait 
picture on. It was here on the... Uh, yeah, it, it was a funny funeral, but no one turned up and um, one of the... The priest actually was the one that spoke. And he said, uh, I tell you now, one thing about this bloke is that he had a good mother. Let's pray. <laughs> you know, it is funny, but it's sad at the it same is time, isn't sad, it? Yeah. And I would like to think that uh, when it comes to dad, that maybe we could say something a bit more than, than that. I think we'd like to think a little bit, a little bit more. So tell me, uh, we're just going to, we'll start with Brian, go over here to Shane. This is Shane, everybody. Love your shirt, bro. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then Brownie on the end. So just tell us about uh, your children, how many, if you're, you're a grandfather uh, as well. And, uh, a great-grandfather. You are a great-granddad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought you were. Yeah, <laughs> tell us about that. Well, um, I have two children of my own. Uh, they, they're in their 40s. My youngest is 44 or 5. And Shelly is around 49, going on 50 soon. And uh, between them, they have nine children. My son has four, and my daughter has five. And my daughter has two children that have four children amongst them. So we are nine grandparents, nine times over, great-grandparents, four times over. But I come from a family of eight. You know, you look like you're seriously maybe under 50 for sure. <laughs> Thank but you. But you're really old. <laughs> and you carry it so well. 72 years old. 72. <laughs> I always look at yeah. I look at you and I think, man, if anybody could be that lucky, but you know, you got good skin, bro. Got good genes. Shane over here. Uh, yep. I've got four kids. Pretty crazy times. So, yeah, 6, 4, 2 and 10 months old. So three girls and a boy. Close together. Hey? One boy and three girls, isn't it? Yeah, one boy, yeah. three girls. So Avery, Eden, Oscar, and the newest Elsie. We've all got very big personalities, and it's, yeah, it's a crazy, fun, challenging time of life right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Me, I've got uh, two boys, two girls. That's why I planned it. And... Um, <laughs> In-laws, three wonderful children-in-laws, and I've got eight grandkids, and no more grand-grandkids. <laughs> eight grandkids, so yeah, that's how the quiver, quiver's full. I'm happy. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Uh, I'll be lucky if I ever make it to be a granddad, that's for sure. <laughs> We're going to get there. We started late, and uh, that's how you finish, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So... Uh, so tell me, guys, like, we'll start with you, Brownie. How, how did you become a, how did, how did becoming a dad change your life? I know that's a big question, but. It is a big thing, actually, because um, my own dad died when I was only 20, so it was a bit of a hard time. But um, how it changed me becoming a dad, I remember being in the ward up at Nambour Hospital and uh, they it wasn't so much hands-on back in them days, that's 40 years ago, you know, you, but we were allowed in the room and uh, all the doctors and everything and when Gavin was born, all of a sudden I just felt I've got responsibilities. I was a new Christian, mm -hmm. which was a good thing um, because I hadn't been a good person up until that stage. 
So all of a sudden I thought, well, I've got to set an example now to this boy and we'll do it. And that's how it changed my life. I become, I become a bit responsible. My wife was up here, she said, you're still not responsible. But <laughs> I become a bit more responsible than what I was. I tell you, that, that really changed my life because I just thought, man, I, gotta, I really got to show this kid what God's about. Yeah, wow. You know, I'd lost my own father, so I only had the uh, platform to follow what was God in the Bible. Mm. And that's what I tried to do. So I think we've done pretty good. I think you did a great job. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Shane. Yeah, it's definitely a big life changer. Um, I think for me, when I was younger, I would actively avoid responsibility. Um, so then, you know, I guess when you get married, you kind of, you've got this other person that you're so connected to and have to care for and feel really responsible for. But then when you have a kid, I, I cl so clearly remember driving home from the hospital and it's like all the nurses are gone, all your help's gone. It's just me and Aaron driving home with Avery in the car and it was just like, just hit me. I was like, I'm responsible for keeping this child alive. Like, <laughs> this is so crazy. And it was just such a, just, I don't know, such a huge, like, feeling of just, like, it's my job now. My primary purpose in life is to make this kid's life, you know, make her grow and make her the person that, you know, she can grow up to be. So it was just, yeah, a wild feeling of huge responsibility, but at the same time, really exciting. So, yeah. Oh, it's amazing. That's <laughs> so yeah. good. Well, um, yeah, I say raising a family of eight, so, you know, you more or less have to fend for yourself in many ways. And I was into sports, I played soccer and stuff like that, but my dad drank a lot, um, but he was just a wonderful guy. I've never heard him raise a voice, yeah. his voice rather, to my mother. I, you know, so I was, and she, my mother's a firm believer, Pentecostal believer, church every Sunday, we had church at home. And this is back in Africa. Back in South Africa, yeah, and he, uh, my dad, you know, he wouldn't, he'd sit up on the stairs somewhere, hide himself. But just a, a gentleman, really. He worked very hard for his family, but he drank most of his money on the weekend. Wow. It was a sad sort of stuff, but my memory of my dad is a good one. Apart from his drinking, he was always available. Um, so when I got married, it was a challenge for me because I fended for myself. I was a Surf life, a voluntary surf lifesaver at the beach on Sundays, and I was there regularly and believed in God, but was not committed to serving God. So when I got married, I was still in that same sort of vein, you know, in my belief, in my walk. So um, we gave birth to our first child. Uh, Pearl was in the hospital. We weren't allowed in the hospital those days. Anybody remember those days? They wouldn't let us in, like we couldn't watch the birth. It just wasn't done. And, uh, but unfortunately, it was a premature baby. Uh, Pearl suffered from uh, high blood pressure and they had to, uh, is the word induce the birth? Yeah. And, um, but this baby only lived for three days. Oh. And it, it was a very sad time for me because I had to carry this little coffin uh, to the graveside 
uh, on my own because Pearl was still in hospital. It, it, it brings back some, his mm. name was Carl, and mm. you know, um, so I hadn't really adapted to the fatherhood thing, but I remember those emotional moments. But when my daughter Shelly was born about five years later, it then it really hit me about the responsibilities and things like that. So I knew that I was in a position now where I had to raise this child. I still hadn't committed my life to Christ. But my mother was there, and she was very helpful, and, and you know. Uh, mm. So that was the beginning of my fatherhood journey, so, yeah. Wow, that, that brings, uh, you know, that's a lot, of, a lot of thought into that, that sometimes our introduction to fatherhood isn't necessarily happy, but when you lose children, um, that's, that's a, a really big deal, and perhaps, you know, you're here watching, and, you know, that's been your experience. But, uh, you know, be encouraged five years later, you know, it's, uh, it's a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, fantastic. Um, I think what you guys have shared about responsibility, I would say yes to that as well. Uh, I was pretty well 40 years old when we had Mitchell, and uh, pretty late in life, really, to be having your first child. And, um, and I, it did. It cost me to have to grow up. And, uh, like, I, I don't surf like you, but, uh, you know, but you got other things that you kind of would rather do than you know, have to do the, the hard yards with, with babies and, and raising a child. But you do, you grow up. And when you realize that um, whatever demons that, uh, that weren't defeated by your, your dad, you, you've, got to, you've got to defeat them or you're going to pass that on to your children. And that could be anything from addictions to mindsets. Uh, you know, even negativity, it's a nasty thing. And if you don't defeat those things, then you pass them on. And, uh, and they become generational curses, if you will. And so I had to, uh, a, a big like, kind of a time with God where I just went, okay, I am going to defeat these things that have plagued my, my lineage, my, the generations before me. Uh, these things are not going to go any further. I'm not passing them on to, to my son. And, uh, and that was a big wake-up call uh, for me anyway. How did your relationship with Jesus, how did that impact you uh, as a father? We don't have to go in order here, but you guys speak up. Yeah, well, with me, um, it impacted me greatly. Uh, my father, like Brian, I think a lot of fathers of that era, was a good, good father, but he was a bit of a drunk. He wasn't a very good husband, put, let put it that way. He was a good father to us kids, but not a good drunk, not a good husband. Yeah. But... Um, when I found Jesus, and you know, it's a it's a whole lifetime journey because you stuff up so often as a father, like, and I did. I remember going to church one day, and this evangelist got up and preached on the power of the name, how God changed names, Abraham, Abram to Abraham, and uh, Jacob Paul, Paul to, Paul. to Israel, and you know, it's the importance of a name. I named my kids after a bloke I used to play football with. That was the first one. <laughs> Um, my daughter, my first beautiful daughter come along, Stacy, and I named her after Stacy out of a show called LJ Hooker. And oh, such spiritual <laughs> in, input I had. And then after I'd named my kids, this bloke gets up and tells me the importance of a name. <laughs> so I made up my own meanings for the names. So that was good. They were all spiritual. But, you know... One thing about being a Christian and being a father, mm. 
and the most important lesson was my wife's father taught me this one, is that you go to church every Sunday. If you want your kids involved in church, you get involved in church at, a late, at an early time. Mm. I become a kids pastor mm. for a long time. And a good one, and a great one. This bloke sitting here next to me was one of the, the products of that. <laughs> we were in... As the kids got older, we progressed into a thing called Royal Rangers as like scouts. And then the kids started to play football and so I started, I became a coach and the girls played netball. So I became a coach there. Now that was an experience. But <laughs> as Ed said before, you realise as you get older and more mature is that you die so they can live. Mm. You know, the things that you desire... They change when you become a Christian and you just want to see your kids strive and achieve and do the best that, and you be the best person and make them the best people they can be. So I got involved in church very early. I was young. I thought I knew everything. I knew nothing. But as I grew and got involved with the kids' ministry and got involved with the youth ministry, you know, my kids today, I'm not going to say they were perfect. They went away for a while. But all my kids today are back in church. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, and yeah. I see, sit here, and I'm very proud because my daughter's sitting down there with her grandkids in church because that's about, that's our vision for our church, yeah. Raising, yeah. Generations, raising generations, saving nations. Mm. So that's how God influenced me is that yeah. I got involved in his house, and guess what? He got involved in my house. Wow. Oh, what a key that is. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Amen. What about you, Shane? Um, I think for me, it's like you, especially growing up in the church and growing up a Christian the whole time, you know a lot of stuff and you know a lot of scripture and you know a lot of things. But as you get older and life um, circumstances change, your understanding of things grows and changes and moulds over time. And I think having kids for me was one of those real big moments where my understanding of a lot of things really shifted like just simple stuff you grow up like my understanding of god's love for us just went to this whole another level the moment we had kids it was just like yeah it's you know you, you grow like at this sort of steady rate it feels like sometimes and then certain moments in your life it feels like you just you're forced to grow so much further and like so quickly and so fastly and i think for me yeah having kids is one of those moments where it just rocks you so much like you just i don't know your understanding of things especially like of love it's like mm. you feel <coughs> I, uh, I was trying to figure it out one day how to word it properly where it's like understanding your capacity to love it like feels like it, you're full at one point and then your kid mm. you have your first kid and it's like oh i felt like my capacity to love grew even more like it's just this i don't know how to else to explain it apart from that and then you have another kid and you're like how could i love anyone more or mm. like how can i fit more in my life like in my yeah. heart and it just seems to be able to expand and grow and your capacity like that and i just am in awe of how god has this capacity to love everyone like just blows my mind so yeah. yeah isn't it amazing there's there's really nothing much your child could do to stop that love yeah i mean i don't know if there is it's why you see moms and dads you know visiting their children in prison and stuff yeah. like it's like 
wow, I would have left the shop a long time ago, but no, that, that love just compels you, doesn't it? And love is patient, love is kind, and all, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, it really comes into reality, doesn't it, with children? That's, that's so good. Brian, what about you? Yeah, well, he changed my life completely. I, and it began by my understanding, my lack of respect for Pearl. Um, our first years of marriage was a challenging time, but when Jesus came into my life, that all changed. And I found out through the journey that the more respect I had for Pearl, and as the children came along, wow. that translated to the kids because the kids saw the relationship that both Pearl and I had. Mm. And I, I still believe today that if you honor your wife, I mean, mm. at birth, they do most of the work. In their young age, growing up one year, two years, Pearl's involved. And if the kids can see that relation, that's how God changed my life. It's about yeah. respect, it's about honor, and it's about regarding the effort that the mother's doing for the babies. Yeah, I'll wake up at night and do whatever needs to be done because there's crying and go to work the next day. So that's how it changed my life, really. I think that whole mm -hmm. thing about honoring your wife mm. helped me a lot. Mm, that's wonderful. It's a partnership, isn't mm, it? It's a partnership, yeah. How do you navigate between um, your role as uh, a dad and um, as the children get older, uh, a relationship as a friend? Uh, sometimes, I, you know, I, I'm just with myself anyway. Uh, I became such a friend with my son that sometimes it was very hard to discipline him. <laughs> I'm his mate like it, and I remember once because he wasn't a naughty kid he really was a very good kid because of Brownie's input into the children's ministry when he was in there and you guys uh, so he was he wasn't really doing anything wrong and, and he would hear about other kids getting disciplined you know getting spanked or whatever and he goes dad why, why don't you ever spank me I'm like well because you you don't do anything wrong and he goes so if I do something wrong you'll spank me and I'm like, well, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> so he, so he, he said, what am I going to do wrong? And, and I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to give you ammunition. So he, he did something like poked his tongue out at me. And he says, now, come on. Like, you got to spank me now. And I'm like, I just started laughing. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't stop. Like, there was nothing he could do to get me to smack him. I don't think, I don't think I've ever, ever smacked him. His mother certainly never did uh, in his whole life. Uh, but one thing that I learned was to differentiate between your child making a mistake and being a mistake. Between them, um, you know, stuffing up, if you will, or messing up and being a stuff up or a mess up. So no matter what, what he would do, I would never label him that. Yeah. He, would, he, would, he did make mistakes and do things wrong, but I never called him and labeled him uh, you're a mistake, you're stupid, you're a loser, whatever, whatever. I, I always maintained that, that friendship uh, to build up and to be there with him and to correct him but not uh, assassinate his character. Did any of you guys deal, well, you've got precious little ones right now, but uh, I don't know, they're probably in the same, same boat as Mitch was, but when your kids aren't perfect and you guys have admitted you know, that your children weren't always perfect, mm -hmm. how, how did you navigate that? that line between bringing them back, correcting them, without labeling them something, and how do you maintain, uh, this is a double question, how do you maintain friendship versus responsibility 
as a dad? Well, I recall a, a, a period where my daughter was of age and she was going to move out of the house. But mm. I was against that at the time. Um, I don't know if Pearl would recall this. But anyway, she did move out. I wasn't happy about it, but I had decided that I'm going to go and see the house where she was going to move into. Mm -hmm. And she was moving in with a friend, and I wanted to meet this friend. I wanted to know, uh, because I cared. Uh, I, I feel that, to me, it's important that the, mm -hmm. your children know that you care for them mm -hmm. and that you get to know their character and because they will make mistakes. And if they do make mistakes, well, there's punishment either in a legal sense or from your own home. But I think if you know your child well enough and you understand what makes them tick, I think God's grace that is in us is, enables me to say, hey, you know what? Let's move on beyond this. We'll fix it up. But there's grace that needs to be shown to your children. Mm. I think after I did that, it wasn't long she moved back in home because it was a challenging time for her. But mm. At least the door was always open, and she understood that, you know, you're always welcome home. Please don't think that you're out there on your own. So it was a, an, an instance in our lives. And, Would you and say you were friends out. with your children? Uh, yes, to a certain extent. I, I did discipline their mind, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Got the little belt out now and again. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I played cricket. We both played for the same club together, me, my son and I. Okay. I took my daughter to a strange thing called calisthenics where they tap their toes all the time and do all sorts of funny things and under sufferance I'd go to this thing and sit for two hours and watch these little kids but yeah I think there was that friendship relationship one thing I would love to I can't remember if I did but I did give it some thought to date my daughter but you know what if I did that would remain in my memory so uh, yeah you know so I encourage you dads if you have the opportunity you got a teenage daughter Take them out. Let them see what a gentleman yeah, wonderful. carries on like. Yeah, yeah. Show them how to be a gentleman. <laughs> that's really good. One of you guys? Yeah, that's really good, Brian. But um, <laughs> he had wonderful kids. <laughs> I recall instantly I had a conversation about this very thing with my son when he was 17. Mm. They'd won the um, grand final in the rugby league and I was the manager of the team. And they were, and I, as, as said, I was a police officer, and they were going to celebrate at a barbecue, and all the dads were going, and they were having grog there. And I said, sorry, mate, I'm not going. I said, you can go, but I'm sorry, I, I can't. You're underage drinking for a start. Mm. And I said, yes, I know it's Australian, and everything else, but sorry, mate, I'm not going to... I know what happens. And he said, you know... Dad, you know, can't you just be my friend this one time? Then we had the conversation. It wasn't friendship. It was sonship. You're my son, and I'm responsible for you and how I look after you. Mm. I'm not your friend. Mm. I'm mm. your father. Mm -hmm. And I always left that line there. Mm. So when he mucked up, I could belt him. I had no problems yeah. about <laughs> dealing with my friend. You know? Um, my friend was my police belt, it was about that thick. And, and he met my friend often. Because I tell you what, he wasn't a real good kid. I come here to church one day, sitting just over there, where Junior's sitting, and he was going through a really bad time. 
And I sat there and I had tears run down my face. I was frustrated. I didn't know what else to do. And I said, God, why did you give this kid to me to look after? <laughs> I said, I've done the best ever can. I've done everything I can. I've took him to church. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. But he's not following the plan. <laughs> you know, it's not working out real good. And I said, do you want him back? <laughs> I said, my life would be a lot easier. And I explicitly remember God saying, leaving with me is my son too. God doesn't have grandchildren. Whoa. He only has sons and daughters. So I said, okay, he's yours. <laughs> but, wow. you know, as I said, Gav's now a father himself. He's got three beautiful daughters and going on with God. And I gave him back to God and God worked it out for me. So, you know, if your kids are failing, it's not because you're failing. It's because no. they're just bad, making bad decisions in life. Yeah. But never, never unlove them. No. no. Same as... My father in heaven, it doesn't matter what I do, and I tell you what, I've mucked up a fair bit and made a lot of mistakes, but he's never unloved me. He's been with me through every instance that I've mucked up. Yeah. And sometimes I was sitting in a nightclub one time when I know I shouldn't have been there, um, and I said, okay, this is not right. I shouldn't be here. I'm going home. And I just remember God saying, good decision. He was there with me. You know, and that's how much God loves us. Yeah. I took him to the nightclub. <laughs> and he was there with me. So, you know, your kids don't muck up. They make bad decisions, but never, ever stop loving him. The door is always open and there's always room at the table for him. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, very good. Being a f the fact that they fail doesn't make them a failure. And that's where we, uh, with the age of your... Um, beautiful daughters and one son. Uh, how, how, how have you navigated that so far? You're, you're early on the journey. Yeah, I'm early on the journey. And this is good advice because I'm terrified of them being teenagers. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like Avery's six now and I'm already not cool dad which is pretty gut-wrenching because I always thought I'm going to be a cool dad. So I was like, oh, all right, on to the next three. They all still think I'm really cool. So, um, yeah, it is. Funny, eh, that, that line between... I like what you said about sonship because it's between, you know, being their friend and being a parent. Yeah. You want to always be like... It's, for me, it's making sure... So I don't know, I think with my parents, there's a lot of times, there's probably stuff I didn't tell them mm. and I want, I really want that honesty from my kids that they feel like they can come and tell me anything. Yeah. So making sure, you know, always having that open door and making sure they always know that no matter what mistakes they make, they're going to be loved and, and having that trust there that they can come and talk to us about anything. That's kind of... It's a big thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. How would you finish this statement? Uh, and and I'll, I'll give you a statement and then you can finish it. Uh, a great father is a father who... Fill in the blank, somebody. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a, a good question. I think a great father is a father who loves his wife, number one. Okay. Now, 
I'm just laying the foundation yeah. for how that greatness filters down. Loves his wife, cares for his wife and your kids see that. And they respond to you in a manner that you cater or you care for your, for your wife. Mm. I honestly feel that if you've got that foundation right, because God will underpin all of that. You honor your wife, and through honoring your wife, the children see that, and when they grow up and become adults and get married, they won't forget these things, and God will secure them and keep them strong. So uh, that's, yeah, that's my statement. If you know, that's amazing because that, that, that whole relationship, if you're still together, you know, you're still married, um, the way that they say in, in, um, through marriage counseling, the way that, that, you, uh, that your parents argued, and, and you could say, oh, but they never argued. You're blessed, but you're rare. Okay, the way that your parents argued is the way that you will argue. The way that they resolve conflict is the way that you're going to resolve conflict in your marriage. So it's very, very important that you model a godly way of resolving conflict in front of your kids because you're instilling that in them. If there's pots and pans flying through the air when when you're having a, a nice discussion with your spouse. And guess what? They've got to they've got to break that because that's it's kind of the pattern that gets set. Uh, so honoring uh, their mother, I think, is really really important. I, I come from a broken home. Um, you know, Dad was married three times, and uh, so I was raised partly foster care. Others relatives, uh, stepmothers. Uh, you know, lots of people had a had a turn, or I'll say have a, had a go at me, uh, and and it was um, incredibly difficult because I've kind of the opposite of what most people have where they don't have a father. You know, I didn't have a mother and my mother left when I was three. Uh, so I kind of had to fill in an awful lot of blanks when it came to all of that. Uh, but others, the more prevalent is to not have a dad and to be raised by the mother. That's way more common in society today. But I could say this, when I, whenever I counsel people that are from a broken home, I always say, no matter which side you're on, if you're the dad, honor their mother, even if she isn't doing things that are honorable. If you're the mom, don't ever run the dad down because that person's always going to be their dad. They're, they're their biological parent. They're going to uh, possibly look them up later in life and find out the rest of the story. It's just really important not to run the, uh, the other parent down when, and try to win that, you know, have a tug of war. Don't ever uh, use your kids as like pawns and, and you know, uh, manipulation and all that. You see so much of that. Just, if, if you can't say something nice about the person, the other person, the other half, then just don't say anything at all. But it's always nice to say something uh, nice about them. So how would you fill in that blank? A, a great father is a father who... Um, stops and slows down and bees present. Because that's what asked Aaron this question this morning as well, and that's what she said, stops. And I was like, oh, that's like stealing that answer. Because um, <laughs> I, I was like, oh, loves and blah, blah, which is very, like, that's my top of the thing. I feel like if you start with love, all these other things sort of flow on from it. Yeah. But just, especially in this day and age, and, and it's funny, that one of the good things I've seen come out of COVID is that people are, like a lot of people I've talked to have been like, oh, it's been so good to spend so much time with my kids and like, you know, have all these other like, can't travel or like, 
for me, I was travelling a little bit with work and just to be home all the time. And, like, people working from home, they're like, oh, I've missed out. Like, I've got to see so much of my kids' life I never would have seen before. And, and it's like, especially with how our world works now, it's like there's always so many distractions and so much to do and so busy and, like, just constant things to, yeah, yeah, to be yeah. involved with and yeah. to distract you and take your time away, but to really be present in your kids' lives and, and they'll notice that because it's... Uh, they won't remember the presents you bought them really like no. I, I remember maybe two presents in my life but I remember all the experiences and the times that you sort of spend together so for me that's yeah yeah and I would say watching your social media posts uh, <laughs> there's an awful lot of time that you spend with those kids you're, you're like the kind of dad that I think every kid would really want to have same thing with Brownie there uh, you know we have dinner party at your house and on the way out, I look in the garage, I think it is, and there's teepees set up in there. And, you know, the grandkids are getting spoiled. What would you say in closing, because we're just about out of time, uh, a great dad is a dad who... Does what these guys just said. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, really, number one, honor your wife. I remember Gavin again, can't hear them. Kids. Poor Gav. You haven't mentioned Ryan much. Or, uh, Ryan learnt. Ryan was the smart one. He learned from the older brother. He learned watching Gavin. I'm not going to do that. Dad <laughs> says, don't do it, don't do it. But um, Gavin backchatted his mother once. Mm. And I said to him last time, I said, she might be your mother, but she's my wife. And never, ever cross that line with her again. No one speaks to your mother like that because she's my wife. Mm. And if you teach him to honour your their mother, through fear, I don't care what you use. Um, I tell you what, when they grow older, it, it does reflect on it and I, treat, I, I try to treat Marilyn the best I can too, to show them. Someone said the other day to me, what's the best way to minister to your kids? I said, show them, don't tell them. Mm. If they hear words coming out of your mouth that you aren't acting out, mm. guess how much credibility and integrity you got in their opinion? Zero, yeah. So be the per father that you want them to see. Mm. So a good father is me. A good father is my father because I follow him. Yeah. yeah, good. You know, I try to be the best I can. Yeah. As I said, I've slipped many times. But I love my kids so much. Um, I love my grandkids. One thing Pastor Ed did say to me, and sometimes you don't know the answer, so I went to Pastor Ed many years ago. And my son, oh, Gavin again. And <laughs> anyway, he got a girl in trouble and they weren't married and they were only babies themselves. And I said, I never thought this would happen in my house because I always taught my boys to be, not to be predators, to be protectors. There's two mm -hmm. types of men in this world. There's predators and there's protectors. Mm. You've got to be a protector. You do not be a predator. You protect women and those less fortunate than yourself. Um... And I come to Pastor Ed and I said, look, I've never been in this situation before. Can you tell me how to handle it? I don't know what to do. And the very words he said there today was the very words he said to me years ago. It doesn't matter what happens in their relationship. Always honour the mother of your granddaughter. 
always on her. We made a rule in my house that not a word would be spoken about her negatively mm-hmm. ever. We will honour her. We did that. Now, this is very rare today. I'll tell you this now. 17 years. The relation, Tiani turned 18 only recently. 18 years. And there's been some ups and downs. We have not spent one cent on legal fees. We have gone through and always gave honour. And God has honoured us in that. They've had custody issues, all got sorted out by prayer. They've had issues otherwise, always sorted out by prayer because we gave her honour. And that's because Pastor Ed said that to me years ago and I took it on board and we still honour her today and we still love her today and it's just one of those things that if you do it God's way, it works. Wow, that's so good. That's amazing. Well, I feel that we can finish with prayer and I'd like to pray for the families and uh, for all of those that are part of our congregation that are here this morning and for all of those online whether you're watching it uh, later on on YouTube or uh, Facebook, Instagram. But I want to pray for you. So wherever you're at, if you would just kindly uh, get in a space where you can hear from God, get intimate with Him. You might want to close your eyes uh, and bow your head. And Brownie, why don't you pray for all, all of the people that are listening right now and for the dads. Father God, I just thank you, Lord for today. Lord, it is a time to honour our fathers. But Lord, it's also a time to repent. Father God, for fathers that have not done the right thing, Lord. One thing about your word, it says, it doesn't say whether they're good fathers or bad fathers, it says to honour your fathers. And Lord, we just thank you for them, Lord. We thank you for the fathers, Father Lord, that are missing their kids today, Lord because of stupid decisions they've made or situations that have happened, Father Lord. And we just pray, Lord, that you'll bring the child's heart back to the father and the father's heart back to the child. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We know that you are into families, Father. You created families in the beginning, Lord. And we give you all the glory for that, Father. We pray for broken hearts, Father Lord, out there today. Lord, and we just pray that you are the God that heals the brokenhearted. There is nothing we have problem-wise, Lord, that you have not met. And Lord, we just thank you for that, that you care for us. And we just thank you, Lord, that you are the good, good God. You are the good, good Father, Father. And we walk in your steps, Father, we know we can't go wrong. We just pray, Lord, for people out there today, Lord, that are lonely, their families are apart. Lord, we speak to those. Never give up on calling your family back home. Never, ever give up and forgive forgiveness is the greatest thing that you'll ever do it doesn't matter what they've done but if you stand up and forgive god will be able to work in that situation and bring the family back together we just thank you for that lord in jesus name amen amen, amen. hey uh, yeah give, give the lord a hand clap um just before we go i always like to give an opportunity for you if you haven't asked jesus christ into your heart uh, i'd like you to have that opportunity right now so Again, if you could just uh, close your eyes. And this is not a formula, but it's a prayer. And if you say this prayer uh, and mean it in your heart, uh, God promises that you will be saved. And so I'd like you to pray this prayer after me. Say this, say, Dear God, I thank you for being my Father. Jesus, come into my heart. 
I give you my life. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Uh, thank you for dialing in and, and share this, uh, this message with whoever you feel that really could benefit from it. And uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. And we're looking forward to seeing you next Sunday as we continue in our series called Faith Formation. And tonight we're not doing our series on Equip, but we'll be, we'll be picking that up uh, again starting next Sunday night. And that'll be posted online down the track. God bless you wherever you're at. Have a great Father's Day. Even if it isn't Father's Day where you live, make it Father's Day. Go out and encourage uh, your dad and other dads in your world. God bless you and thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.